0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast for digitallydownloaded.net. I'm Matt Sainsbury, the editor-in-chief of that digitallydownloaded.net contents. and with me this week, we have Other Matt. Hello, Other Matt. Hello, First Matt. And we have Trent. Hello, Trent. Hello. I'm not a Matt, though. You're not a Matt. No, you're a Trent. Yes. <laughs> Just making sure that's clear. Because otherwise, people might get confused. They might think there's three mats, and that would be very confusing. Okay, we have a lot to talk about on the podcast this week. It's going to be a good one, so get yourself a coffee, a hot chocolate, a bowl of wine, or whatever else you drink while you're listening to this podcast, and we will come back straight after some Hatsune Miku music. So it has been a very big week for news, and I know we don't usually talk about the news on the podcast, but I reckon it's been better than E3 this last week. To be honest, all the announcements that have been coming—they've been coming thick and fast—and it's been fun to keep up with, that's for sure. Um, So yeah, let's let's start with the biggest bit of news that came over the last week, and that is that Hatsune Miku is coming to the Nintendo Switch, which is very exciting, and I'm very happy about this. Yes, um, we don't know Oh, yeah, just a little bit. I, um, I, I, I think I have a reputation for being a fan of that's Miku or something. Um, because yeah, <laughs> the announcement happened overnight while I was asleep, and then I wake up the next morning and there's like 300 messages on my Twitter, my notifications going. Matt's going to be so excited when he wakes up. I think, I think people know that I like Miku <laughs> for some reason. Um, I don't know what gave it away, but yes, she is. She's coming to Switch and it's great. Um, what we know about the game is that it is basically the uh, uh, 90 tracks that were in Project Diva um, Future Time on the PlayStation 4, the big game that's on there. And on top of that, there's 11 new tracks or something. And there's a new art style. Miku is all cel-shaded and cute and it's great. And it's and, making um, controversy. Yay! It's making controversy? I yes. I mean oh mm-hmm. yeah
1: everyone's like well the ps4 has this hardcore graphic style while the switch has this kiddie style that's what's happening on the internet
0: mm. who says that yeah Who's... i saw
1: i saw people post comparisons and be all like well the switch style is like crap because it's all anime and the playstation style is like all good because it's got like you know so like graphics
0: you need to send me these people Trent. I'll have <laughs> words with them i'll put them straight because they're wrong it looks great she looks great switch is great and um In all honesty, actually, uh, in all sincerity, the one thing I've been waiting for on my Switch is a a Miku game. That's the one thing that um, I I thought was missing between what was coming, we knew was coming, and what was already on the console. So I was, yeah, this this kind of rounds out everything that I wanted on my Switch. So I'm very happy about this. What about you, Matt? I know you're a fan of Miku, not maybe as much as
2: me, but you like the games, right? I do. Um, And yeah, I haven't played. I've got future title on PS4 and I play it every now and then and I enjoy it, but I don't play it as much as I think I, what if it was on switch and now we're basically getting the same thing on switch. So rhythm games
0: are better handheld, I believe. Yeah, I definitely, but...
2: I, think, I definitely think so.
0: Yeah. So uh, I, I, yeah, I spent thousands of hours playing Miku on the PS4 and you think I'm joking about that. I'm actually not. Um, but yeah, having it on my switch would be even better. And, the only downside I can see is that I'm gonna destroy a few of those Joy-Cons playing it because <laughs> the Joy-Cons are really shoddy, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. They're really yeah. poorly made. I've actually gone through I just had to go and buy a third set today or oh, yesterday. Wow. Um, because yeah, I've worn through the original one that I got with the console plus one replacement. So
1: yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have
0: to do the same on my green ones, because you know how
1: the green ones uh are half of it came out in Australia and the other half came out in America. So I had to import the set so I could make a complete set of green. My original one is which I which is the one I imported, is on the right, I think. And the buttons, the A buttons and all that are like, you know, back in the day with the Game Boys and stuff, how they get really warm really quickly. It's basically that. And I'm just like, oh it's not clicking. Yay. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: they're hmm. they're not they're not good controllers and Miku games are quite famous for being button destroying <laughs> yeah um and and yeah I don't that'll know, be a downside yeah. but i'll um i'll wear the cost because having me on my switch is worth anything um rolling through more news uh we later this week or later last week um by the time you're listening to this podcast idea factory announced that it's bringing a second death end request out which is great Uh, really enjoyed the first it was a really clever jrpg from a emerging powerhouse in the genre um I, I think id factory is going from strength to strength and more death end requests will make me very happy i don't know if I, i'm assuming Trent didn't play it. i don't know if you played it though matt
2: no i never have, haven't yet i it's one of those games that looks interesting and i want to play it but it came out at a time when i guess i think there were just lots of other things coming out at the same time and so it, it slipped by me a little bit but yeah I'm um, it looks good and I'm looking forward to playing the, playing the new one.
0: Yeah, that's always, always the way. There's always too many things to play unfortunately. <laughs> Stop releasing many so many
2: games. games, game developers.
0: Yeah, that's it. Just get together organize things. One per week is yeah. enough, thanks. Yeah. Um, so Ichi also had its own announcement. It's bringing Langrissa 1 and 2 to the Switch in the West, which is uh, their remakes of very old uh, tactics RPGs in the mold of Fire Emblem. And that's great. I'm quite a fan of langrissa series it's obviously not as prominent as fire emblem but it has its fans and i'm one of them i don't know if either of you have ever played them they were localized as warsong i think originally out in the west
2: I've never back played in them. the day yeah no nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, no i'm excited for this just based on your excitement your infectious excitement about <laughs> Well, um, you're, I mean, we were talking about Fire Emblem, what
0: was it last week or whatever, and you mentioned you quite enjoyed Fire Emblem. Well, you'll probably neither. enjoy this one too. It's very, very much in a very similar mold, and they've kind of developed as well. Fire Emblem kind of went from strength to strength, and Langris has stayed a little bit under the radar, but this one will hopefully get it some new fans, I think. Yeah,
1: but it. Is is as fan
0: service Evo? Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, fan service That was is my good. concern. It, wasn't, it wasn't. We didn't have enough fan service. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of fan service, <laughs> another announcement that came out this week is is that Spike Junsoft is bringing the latest Conception game out west. Now, for people who don't know about Conception, let me tell you about Conception. Uh, this is a game where you need <laughs> to have babies with anime girls and then send the babies in to fight for you. Um, and that is actually probably the best summary you're going to get of that game, to be honest um it's pretty good i like the previous conception games it's not it's not quite what you might think based on that summary but it's um (laughs) it is as well uh alan would be having a nosebleed if (laughs) he um he knew we're talking about this game i think but yeah it's really it's it's actually quite a good um roguelike series and i think it's good that uh, we're getting this one coming to ps4 and pc i believe switch as well where
2: did the babies come from matt
0: they come from magical essence.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's so when you're weird. About it's like you make babies. It's not. It's not
0: quite what you'd. Well, it is kind of. I mean, <laughs> you you form this bond with this one of the girls. There's I think twelve of them in this new one. Um, you form a bond with them, and then you go into like a machine thing, and you touch fingers, and then babies come out, and <laughs> that's.
1: It's like a Japanese version of the
0: stork. It kind of is. And um, yeah, the, and then, like I said, you send those babies into the dungeons to do the fighting for you because reasons. Uh, it's it's an oddball game. But I think if you're a fan of turn-based RPGs, roguelikes and all that kind of stuff, Spike Soft is pretty reliable for this stuff. So you can probably look forward to this one as well. Uh, I know one that you're looking forward to, Matt. Trails of Cold Steel 3. That got a new trailer, and that's very exciting. Yeah, it is
2: very exciting. That's you can elaborate good. on that
0: <laughs>
2: um, well, I can't really because I haven't actually watched the trailer yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, um, it's a
0: gameplay trailer so it shows you actually the combat system yeah,
2: yeah so, I think from some things I've read that there are some little tweaks to the combat system um, let me just find the thing um, but I think I mean, overall it's still going to be a very similar. The, the same basic system as what the first two games had because I mean that was really good, and why would you change it? But there are a few like just new um, abilities and things like there's something you can do, um, like a new kind of party based ability where everyone teams up and gets a buff, gets some gets um, stronger for a few turns. Um, there are some new new versions of the link attacks that were always ended up being pretty important in the first two games. Where you're when you're setting your party up, you can um, choose pair up characters to be partners, and basically just depending on their relationship level, um, they get access to different um, team attacks. Basically, and so there's some new new. text of that um what else i mean hopefully they don't mess with it too much (laughs) no i don't think they will i think that's basically it the other is is just like more just i mean like as in the first games everyone had had their own sort of special abilities and stuff and they've just got new ones now um yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, it was
0: always it was always a pretty good combat system. So yeah. um, more of the same is certainly not a, a bad thing. Um, yeah, and I guess the most disappointing thing about the trailer is that it was a reminder that the game isn't out till September. It's still quite a ways away,
2: unfortunately. But you can always replay the first two while you wait. Well, I mean, you can, but then you won't get to play the third one until September next year. If you, if you start now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: Putting putting Persona Five to shame with how long these games are. <laughs> Is Trails of Cold still? It'd be nice if it came to Switch. That would be that would be the yeah. Other thing. It'd be nice. About time it's on Vita. I feel like surely
2: it has, they have to at some point. They probably will, and then if everybody get, will buy it yet again. Yeah, yeah. if they That's can get they East do. Eight on Switch, they can get. Um. Colt a good Steel game on there. Switch,
0: yeah. If, if they can get Say down there, they can get a good game on there as well. Um, jumping forward, another bit of news. This one I think Trent will be quite happy to talk about, because I'm pretty sure he's a fan. I might be wrong, but I'm taking, a, I'm taking a stab here. Uh, there's a remake of Harvest Moon GBA uh, coming to Switch, and it looks very nice. The GBA Harvest Moon was actually one of the better ones in that very long-running series. and yeah, the, the remake is looking pretty pretty based on the first trailer we saw so you're a harvestman fan right trent
1: yeah but the problem is i liked a wonderful life better than the game boy advance game oh
0: okay <laughs> let's let's move on then <laughs> no the game boy the game boy games is great the game boy Advance game game was uh, it was a good one i mean it putting Trent aside for a moment. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people consider it one of the better games in the series so I think it makes sense to remake that one. Um, and yeah it's under the story of seasons Monica now rather than Harvest Moon because Harvest Moon's reputation is basically destroyed from the last couple they released. so um, what else have we got? We've got a visual novel as well coming, Spike Chunsoft has announced it's bringing robotics notes to PlayStation 4 and Switch and PC, and that's pretty good. I reviewed actually the anime for that one way back in 2014. It's been kicking around for a long time, and it's 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 a really good anime. It's a really good story. It comes from the same space as uh, Steinsgate. so with that kind of heritage, you can hardly complain about that. And I think there was another announcement for a visual novel that was just speaking, made.
2: Speaking of visual novels, there's a whole bunch. Um, yeah. So at... I think it's... Is it Anime Expo that's... What's happening on this past weekend? Anyway, at some sort of thing. Um, Axis Games, who... Um, they localise a lot of um, the idea, idea factory visual novels and... Various other games, um, but they had had a big presentation about a whole bunch of visual novels that they're bringing west in twenty twenty, um, and so that includes um, so we've got Code Realize Guardian of Rebirth, Code Realize Future Blessings, um, Color X Malice, Color X Malice Unlimited. I don't know what the difference is between those two. Um, Something I've never heard of called Cafe Enchant. Um,
0: Sorry to break in just there for a second. Can we can we just remind readers that the or listeners that um, the only genre that has worse names in video games than RPGs is visual novels because yes. <laughs> none yes. of these titles make any sense. But they're <laughs> good games. We promise <laughs> they're uh, all actually yes. interesting.
2: <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, yeah, something well, we're talking about weird names, something called Pio Fiore. Um, yeah, it, I think that's all I've seen. But anyway, so that they're all basically, they're all, ga- um, so atomic Games, so those are the um, kind of romance-themed visual novels um, that were developed by Idea Factory in Japan. Um, and they're all, coming to Switch and getting a Western release. The one of those that I think really stands out to me is Color X Malice, um, which I played on... It came out on Vita a couple of years ago, and I played that, and it was just really interesting and just a really clever concept in that... So, I mean, it's kind of like a lot of the Idea Factory games. It's a, a romance game, but also... Meshed with a lot of other kind of narrative genres, and so in this case, it's a basically a detective kind of game where, um, so there's a a spree of murders in, um, I think it's in Shinjuku. Anyway, and and somewhere in Tokyo, there's like a spree spree of gun murders, and so in a weird kind of desperate reaction, the Japanese government, um closes off that area to the whole rest of the city um, and then lifts Japan's really strict gun laws just within that area, just as a way of, well, all this stuff's happening, so we need to let people, let civilians have guns so that they can protect themselves. And obviously that doesn't work because when you let... Civilians have guns to protect themselves, it just results in more people getting shot who don't need to. Um, and so, and then in the middle of that, the character that you play is a detective who then gets roped into trying to solve these um, this crime spree, um, mostly by virtue of towards the beginning of the game getting captured and getting um, injected with a kind of poison that. Um, getting captured by the killer, I should say, and injected with some poison that she'll only get the antidote to if she manages to find the killer and capture him and arrest him. Um, And then ends up working with a a group of other kind of former detectives who have all have their own reasons for wanting to help out. But that is a... Maybe Maybe not, not... Yeah, um, it's it's a a hard thing to explain, to kind of summarise without getting into detail, but it's really quite interesting, and just the way it sort of explores the idea of gun control, and um, just what a mess, this idea of, like, give everyone guns so they can protect themselves.
0: Did you get a review for that one up on DDNet?
2: I think you might have.
0: Uh... Possibly anyway no let's have a quick look
2: i had a re- review for it up somewhere but
0: <laughs> well wherever it is check out matt's review because um yeah it's it it's uh it, it seems sounds like an interesting game access also Uh, It wasn't announced last week, I think it was announced the week before, but Axis is also publishing the sequel to um, Deathmark, which was a horror vision novel that was released last year, I believe. And it's a particularly good one that I highly recommend people check out as well. Um, I kind of remember what that horror vision is called now, Um, but it's coming out later this year, I think, as well. Axis are very busy. It must take a lot of work to localise a visual novel because there's lots lots of words. They must keep their workers very busy indeed. Um, just it's called, it's called Ng. Ng. That's the one. Definitely look forward to Ng. Uh, Death Mark is probably my favourite visual novel, just uh, purely in in terms of the enjoyment I get from from kind of playing it through. So I, I highly recommend checking out Death Mark if you haven't yet, and then looking forward to Ng. Um, so just quickly to run through the other bits of news, because we're running out of time for this section, there was a trailer dropped for Oni Chanbara Origin, which um, is a super fanservice-y game that I'm sure Alan would not want us talking about on this here podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's basically a very grindhouse trash and um, B-grade kind of horror game with zombies and Bikinis and school uniforms and all of those things thrown together. And it's a series that's been kicking around for a while. We don't actually have a Western announcement yet for Origin getting a localization. But um, the trailer looks okay, And D3 Publishers pretty good at getting that stuff out here. So fingers crossed. And then finally, uh, at the very end of last week, Space Invaders Invincible Collection got a release date in Japan. Uh, We still don't actually have news of a Western uh, release of this one. But given it's Space Invaders and you don't really need much Japanese to play Space Invaders, um, you can probably import that one safely. It comes out on March 26, 2020, so it's a while away yet. But, yeah, I love me some Space Invaders. So definitely
2: looking forward to that one. I guess uh, Space Invaders just doesn't have much presence on the West. So
0: Yeah, yeah, nobody no, knows. Nobody about ever heard of it. Yeah, that's yeah, it. It's yeah. very, very niche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yes. If we don't get an announcement for that one, make sure you import because it'd be good. I mean, the base package, not even looking at the special edition, but the base package includes Space Invaders Extreme, and that alone is worth buying for anyway. That's a very good modern take on Space Invaders. Plus, of course, you get the original arcade game from 78. Those two are really enough for the package.
1: I'm going to be crazy and modern, be like, Extreme is better than the original arcade. Okay, we're
0: going to music now. Um,
1: (laughs) So. We're it's not going to talk about that. I agree. You're both wrong. Trent, You're both. Trent. Wow! This is very,
0: very wrong. I'm very upset about this now. Um, music. Let's pick music from Space Invaders Extreme. Yes. Bam. Done. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so it is Final Fantasy XIV week. We're talking about that this week because um, Matt's been playing it pretty hardcore and we do love our Final Fantasy XIV. So this podcast is going to be the Final Fantasy XIV podcast. Matt, tell us about your new experiences back in Eorzea.
2: Well, most of my new experiences are not in Eorzea. Okay, fine. Um, so because I've been playing the new expansion, which is basically sends you to like sort of an alternate dimension, and it's kind of weird to explain without getting like really bogged down in weird lore, but basically, there's the and yeah, an alternate dimension that you put you. At the towards the beginning of the expansion, expansion you get summoned into, um, and it's a place where, basically, I mean, as with most of the Final Fantasy games, this idea of having um, all the different elements and being in balance, and when they are out of balance, things start going haywire. Um, and in in this dimension, basically, the power of light has grown too strong and pretty much destroyed most of the world Um, except for one small kind of, well I say small, relative to the size of the world it's a a, a small kind of continent um, where the last survivors are all trying to figure out how to deal with just the world ending threat posed by the power of light that's been able to grow too strong Um, and the result of that means that a lot of things centre around enemies that kind of they remind me of Bayonetta in a way Um, just in that they are these things that are designed with the idea of well what if angels but really creepy and evil looking
0: oh okay now I (laughs) don't know I thought you were talking about like every character or every enemy looks like Bayonetta, like they're, they, they're, <laughs> their their hair is a weapon and they're like naked and running around the world. And that was that was an
2: interesting visual I had. But okay, no, that would be uh, cool. Too. No, like, like, like like Bayonetta's enemies, like that, right. that sort of shrouded
1: in light with a little um, you know like a cloth or their hand over all that their you know rude parts to make it you know just as you know
0: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, angels turn creepy, basically.
2: Yeah. Right. Um, which I think is always quite an interesting concept. Um, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not, not sure if just in the world as it is today, if that's the best time to release a story that's about well, too much of any thing is bad and like. Too much good is bad as well, but I think I mean I guess it works as a as in setting up a, a story. And then yeah, beyond that it's just kind of there are some some interesting new systems that work. Like that. I think the one that you'll enjoy, Matt, is the trust system, which basically means when you when you have to go to do a new dungeon to, as part of your progressing the story normally in all the previous expansions you would have to do that with other players um that was the, the only option and it's still an option here but now you can also if you'd prefer bring do it with in npc companions
0: so and you can basically play it like a single player game now
2: mostly there are that was kind of what they they were saying there is one Bit that I've run into so far that you can't do that that you have to do with other players um, right. which is like one of the um the primal fights I don't know if you remember yeah yeah of course so it's like when it's Good so it's God. not really a whole dungeon it's just a single boss with that you fight with eight players um right and that is that seems like you can only do that with other players um because I mean that was fine. That, that was the way
0: I was, always wanted to play Final Fantasy Fourteen anyway. as <laughs> a single-player game. I didn't want to deal with other people. Um, I like being antisocial in my MMOs, I guess.
2: Um, yeah, the, the um, new zones are really... Or the ones I've seen so far, I've seen... So there's six new zones, which is pretty standard for a Final Fantasy Fourteen expansion, and I've seen four of those, which are all really cool. Is um, it pretty? Yeah, um, the one in, in particular is uh, is called um, Il Meg, I think. Um, I don't know how you, if that's the, the the correct pronunciation, but anyway, it's basically the um, zone that's home to fairies, and it's so it's basically just um, this big kind of not quite field, but it's there's just flowers everywhere, and it's really a, a big lake that is um, ha, how do I describe it a, a lake over the ruins of an old city that got flooded and then um surrounded by lots of like fields of flowers and various other pixie magic that then makes it all kind of dream, dreamlike right gotcha. um, that's really
0: yeah I guess the big question now Final Fantasy 14 is kind of at the point now where you got to ask is it now too unwieldy for anybody who hasn't been playing along to to get into it
1: Well, I haven't jumped in yet. It just seems like every
0: day <laughs> Yeah, let's let's use new... Trent let's use Trent <laughs> as an example. If Trent was to go and buy a copy of Final Fantasy 14 today, is he going to find it overwhelming now? Because there's just um, so much
2: stuff there. I don't I I don't think so I mean it'll take a while before you get all the way to the end but I think there's I mean most of the new stuff isn't really doesn't really affect you until you get up to the part of the game where it's what if I just
1: want to play the new stuff what if it's like the old game's just boring and I just want to play murder ghosts and angels and stuff
2: you can or you can buy like I, I can't remember what they're called, but basically things that skip you ahead to the... To, so normally you would need to play through the old stuff first and level up to get... Because the new stuff is all built around sort of starting from when you're level 70. Um, but yeah, you can use... Buy um, things that jump you ahead to the new... New contents. Although I would say, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that because you'll miss out on a lot of... You'll miss out on the Good King Mog, Mog fight, which is... You'll miss out on the Good King Mog fight. You'll miss out on... <laughs> which is the only thing that really matters in that game. The, <laughs> I think you might like the Titania fight, Matt. The
0: Titania Reminds fight?
2: You? Yeah, which is one of the, one of the new primals. It's ah, basically right. the, the king of the um, pixies. Oh, cool. And...
0: Yeah, so it's a big pixie.
2: Yeah. Oh, cool, that would be With fun. some just... Not quite... King Mog, but in- interesting soundtrack, interesting piece of music that plays while you're fighting. Actually, I meant
0: to ask does Hildebrand show up again? Uh,
2: yeah, I believe so. Yay,
0: he's the coolest guy. That guy,
2: I haven't um kept up with that <laughs> story, but um, like That's- that chain of side quests, I'm like really. Way behind on that. I <laughs> That's that right. Yeah, that,
0: that was my favourite part of Final Fantasy XIV. That was the bit that I really enjoyed a lot. So, for people who haven't played it before, Hildebrand is basically like a satire of Sherlock Holmes. Um, and yeah, he, all of his side quests are kind of, I, I guess, solving mysteries. But he's an absolute idiot. Um, and yeah, you basically solve all the mysteries for him, and he just drops in for comic relief. And yeah, he's good fun. For- <laughs> I'm a big fan of him. They do a good he, job of writing those side quests. I, yeah. Yoko Taro should, should write them all going forwards. That would be good.
2: Well, he'll be writing something that comes up in a <laughs> couple of months for the... Um, does the, the does Chocobo show up again? No.
0: Oh, no. That's sad. The Chocobo, not a Chocobo.
2: Yeah. He was, he was just for for a special that particular um, ah. chain of quests um, and I think you can get him as a pet oh really yeah so yeah oh
0: that's cool
2: so he just follows you around and <laughs> looks cute yeah um, what else
0: it's the, the, the I, I... <laughs> I've kept my subscription for Final Fantasy fourteen going. Um, <laughs> like, all this time I haven't been playing it. I, I keep uh, wanting to get back into it, but it's just, oh, it's just, I, I just know there's so much commitment you've got to put into that game now. It's basically like a hobby all of itself, and I want to, but oh. I guess the one thing, I, I very nearly did sign in um, to start playing again this week, but then I saw how overloaded the servers were, and I was like, nah, I can't be bothered now. Like, Uh, there have been screenshots circulating of people trying to get in, and there's been like 2,000 people wait lists and stuff. And
2: it's like, really? Yeah. Um, Because I haven't really, I haven't found that at all. Um, I think the most longest queue I've seen is about 50. I mean, and that takes like maybe a minute or two before you get in. I think, as far as MMO expansion launches go, it's one of the, I think, the smoothest I've ever seen. Oh, okay. Um,
0: well, that's good to hear. Maybe it's just Matt's bad NBN. <laughs> no, I didn't sign in. I like I said, I saw other people trying
2: to sign in. So yeah, it, um, I mean, it might also be just a time zone thing where yeah, I mean, I I'm, the time I that I am usually playing is when all the Americans are asleep, so the servers are a little bit quieter. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably probably the reason. Um,
0: Especially fourth um, Fourth of July when it was like a public holiday over there, when, yeah. You we know, signing in to be good and patriotic by playing a Japanese game, and um, <laughs> yeah, I think the it was a bit busy that day.
2: But yeah, I mean, I guess one thing I'd say on that about feeling overwhelmed is that yeah, it's the the the, the story has 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 been stretched out and well, stretched out is not the word, but you know, there's new arcs to the story, but. It, if if that's mainly what you're playing it for there's not really anything to be lost by just dropping in and playing you know a couple of hours a week and playing yeah. through especially that especially, the same if, way.
0: especially if most of it you can play basically play single player now so there's not really any pressure oh, to that.
2: not it's only really for the new oh so they the haven't the stuff they haven't applied that to the old dungeons yet i think i think that might be the plan at some stage to do that
1: so but what you're yeah. saying, it's going to be overwhelming anyway because I'm going to be in with some person which doesn't know how to play or some overpowered guy which is like, well, you don't know how to play heart huh? and then like it's just going to be a bad experience. Yeah.
2: I mean, most <laughs> I mean, of the time you'll have a fine experience unless you're really bad at Unless you really just don't know how to play your job. Um, yeah, you get stuck with me basically.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not that I don't know how to play my job. It's just I you know, point blank refuse to. <laughs> You're in your uh, pause in the game just so you can look at the character. Yeah, yeah, I do that. I actually uh, turn the HED off so I can go around taking screenshots while I'm in the middle of a dungeon and all the fighting's going on around me. And um, That means that I'm not particularly productive at that point in time. Uh, I also like to wear the costumes that are the least practical possible. And that pisses people off, basically, as soon as the dungeon loads up, they see that I'm on the party and they're, they're already yelling at me. So good times. They're a very friendly bunch of people in Final Fantasy XIV.
2: They they mostly are. I just I don't know. <laughs> no, you, I'm, you you, I'm, you I'm, just have a way of like aggravating people because you think. <laughs> it's, it's I very really rarely have run into. <laughs> also, maybe you just need to get better at taking screenshots while playing. That's what yeah, I do, especially good. with like when I'm reviewing it. Like. Managed to turn the UI off and take screenshots while, and while playing a healer as well. So, and I managed to do that without killing anyone. <laughs> maybe it's
0: just oh, yeah. a good, maybe it's just a good King Mog fight because that's basically what I do. I just play that over and over and over <laughs> again. And maybe it's just that one particular fight people get very intense for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> On that yeah. note. We're going to go to some music, and guess what song I'm going to choose? (laughs) You can't stop me. I'm choosing your keyboard. welcome back everybody okay so for the final section of the podcast this week we are going to talk about our top arcade games so this is our countdown of our top three games of all time for a certain category and uh given all the excitement that we had about the uh, space invaders announcement we're going to talk about arcade games so, Trent, tell us your top three old-school arcade games of all time. Good. Top three top and old-school. This is making it
1: really hard. Well, let's go with Space Invaders, but the extreme version.
0: Yeah. That's not, enough. That's not an arcade game, nor is it all. So, bad, Trent. You're ruining this section. How dare you?
1: It's old. It came out on the DS and you know it. That's like, that's like, if you apply the rule, last generation was the 3DS and then retro is DS onwards. So it is technically old. Yeah, but But, DS is not an arcade
0: (laughs) machine.
1: I imagine there's like an arcade version of it. It's somewhere lying around in Japan you've been disqualified uh, uh, okay i'll play seriously all right let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's pick space invaders so we have to have space invaders because it's fun it's great you know you shoot the aliens they come down the screen it makes little noises go boop 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 boop, boop. and then it goes like that, that sort of stuff that's fun that's great so that's in the list and then so let's also throw in uh pac-man pac-man's great i like pac-man but I also like the newer Pac-Man, like all the crazy renditions of Pac-Man, which is probably going to make you hate. So that's also good. And let's go with, for a third one, uh, let's go with, see, I want to pick some old games, but then they're probably not arcade games. Yeah, Mm. Arcade games. Surely I can go with Mario Kart, the the GP Pro Racing stuff. That's technically an arcade oh, game.
0: Oh, well done, mate. well done. Yes, yes. You a pass on that. I got that's smart. actually good fun. I like that one. That's a good. That's a good arcade game. You can play as Pac Man.
1: Yeah. See, I I know I can be sneaky and smart. <laughs> so yeah, that that's my list. Mario Kart's good. Mario Kart's fun. You know, you drive, race.
0: Yeah. I'm impressed, Trent, you were able to actually come up with three, <laughs> given that you weren't around when arcade games were a thing. <laughs> no. And, well, probably am, but
1: the problem is I live in a small country town, and small country towns, the closest thing to an arcade is, okay, we've got that Airsoft game, and, you know, with, with the little things, in it, and it, you know, throw the things, and all the ticketing machines, which, like, just do bubbles, and some talk, uh, like, like game and most of them are, like, things with like, you know, get the balls, throw the balls into the net. So that's not an arcade. That's, like, five seconds of, like, bad games.
0: Yeah, Australian arcades, what's left of them are basically all those kind of skill tester for coupon things. There's not many actual games left anymore, unfortunately. It's it's sad, but...
1: And then you get, it's like, 5,000 really... coupons, which you can then buy one lolly.
0: Yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> it is really... sad.
2: But it Weird, is kind of a um, new trend in arcade games that I've seen, and which is to take a mobile game and then put it on a big screen and put it in arcade and be like, all right, it's arcade. Yeah. Angry Birds. Or all the right.
0: crusty, crusty Road.
2: Yeah. I played the Crossy Road like one.
0: It's... And it's, it's nuts. You get coupons for it, though, because, yeah. Everything comes with coupons with arcade games these days.
2: Yeah. Like there, I mean there's a new new arcade and that just opened maybe about a year ago. Um, in Wellington. And that's it's pretty that's pretty much all it is. It's all those kind of things. It's like they've got um uh what's it's um injustice, um, you know, the the Nether Realm DC fighting game. Mm. Um, and it's called like Injustice Arcade or something like that. And I mean, you'd think, okay, it's a fighting game, a very, like, pretty classic style of 2D fighting game. There's a pretty obvious route to go if you want to make an arcade version of that. And, but no, Injustice Arcade is then like, an arcade the version of the, the mobile like card card battling game. And I'm like, what what why? And, like what is the point of Oh my god. Um
1: <laughs> Yeah. See in Australia the arcades the casino. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear me, Trent. That I was mean... there you go. I, you're I, I, know, so, so you, my friend, you're not wrong. Like, my
1: friend gambles like excessively and like Anyway, so I'm always just watching, you know, the games and stuff. I'm just like, how easy would it be to develop like a gambling game and just rank in the cash? Like, surely, like, just like, ha- like, someone has to be making these games. Like,
0: yeah,
1: they could. Know, like, yeah, like, <laughs> wow, like, like, why can't we just like make I don't know, like a Street Fighter, like a slot machine or something? I don't know. And then, dude, I'm like, pretty sure there is one. Well, why can't that be? You know, Wes, I don't know, but you know I what I mean? mean, like, like. Making something
0: like that, and I've been doing that for decades. Yeah, I was gonna say, you'd find the pachinko parlors quite fascinating, Trent, because that's (laughs) exactly exactly what they are. They're just the popular video game and anime franchises that are stuck into a gambling thing. And to be honest, it's kind of um, it's almost admirable that they just cut the crap out, (laughs) they just get straight to you give us money and we'll give you the the license. And it, there's none of this pretense about coupons and loot boxes (laughs) and stuff. The gambling industry is much more honest than the likes of EA um, these days. Which is sad. That's really sad. I shouldn't be laughing about that because it's quite sad.
1: But, I like how um, well, there was a comment. It's like uh, one of the CEOs or something recently said that uh, they don't understand how they're seen as the bad guy or something. Yeah, that was That's EA. Like, that was yeah, yeah. It's just like, what? Why? I'm,
0: I'm just waiting for the Jim Sterling video on that. It's coming, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: If he hasn't already. It was, yeah. Um, there's, it's, it's not gambling. It's surprise mechanics. <laughs> Uh, he's actually
0: there's another one that just came out, I think it was this morning or something. Another comment from them, um, just regarding they it can be done well or something, <laughs> microtransactions can be done well, and yeah, it's like, well, they probably can, but you ain't doing it, Joe. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> anyway, moving on, Matt, tell us you're a little bit older than Trent, so you probably do remember the arcades back when they were arcades. Um, <laughs>
2: um, what so were your right, top my, three? My, most of my time playing arcade games was playing with, on emulators but um, I could cheat and just pick the same top three as I picked last week for fighting games because but I won't um, well I'll cheat for one of them and also so I guess my, num- my number one would still be guilty gear next two um, which was one game I actually have played in arcade in an arcade Um and I, my number two will be, I guess I'll pick um, Ikaruga, even though I've never played that in arcade. There
0: was an arcade that version of that? I
2: really? think so. I should, maybe I should double check that. I thought it was originally an arcade game that then got ported to consoles.
0: I mean, it wouldn't surprise um, me,
2: but shmups are
0: pretty common for arcades, but yeah, I'm just thinking yeah. that would be a brutal waste of my money if I tried to play that. In the arcade, it's a brutal waste of my money. I try and play that
2: anyway, really, but <laughs> yeah, I guess in the it, especially it, it gets expensive. if You're playing arcade, and you don't. don't Very easy was a slot, mode.
0: slot machine game.
2: Yeah, it wasn't. It was an arcade game. <laughs> I would
0: actually lose money less. I, I would lose money slower if I was playing the Pokies than playing a game like Ikaragra <laughs> in the
2: arcade. I really would. Um, and I guess for my third one, I will go. I'll go obscure and pick a game called... I'll double-check that I have the actual title of it right. <laughs> it's um, called The Ocean Hunter, which is a game, a Sega... I think it was Sega. I'm pretty sure it was Sega. Um, okay, It's basically one of those um, rail shooter kind of things like House of Dead, but you're in a submarine, like under the ocean, fighting sea monsters. And... That's pretty much all there is to it, but it's one that I have have played a bit of over the years. Um, probably because it's one of the one of the f- few arcade games that until recently was available in Wellington. Um, but then there are a couple of places here that had it, but it slowly disappeared. Um, but yeah, that is so it's the House of Dead underwater essentially. Which That's a pretty fun. good
0: idea to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I'd play that. I would enjoy that a lot. Um yeah, for for me, I would definitely have Space Invaders on my list as well. Space Invaders is is great. Um there's a there's a little arcade in um in our in in Japan and every time we go to Japan we end up Going to a diver for whatever reasons there's shopping and all kinds of stuff there there's a theme park there as well and stuff so we do spend a bit of time there and there's an arcade there that is specialized in kind of the the old arcade games um or older ones and there is an original cabinet for space invaders there and i generally spend quite a bit, <laughs> bit of time there playing that i do love my original space invaders and uh yeah so for the raise similar reasons that trent does it's got a killer soundtrack? Those three sounds on loot <laughs> It's no, I'm not even joking. It's an amazing soundtrack. It, it creates this great sense of tension, and it's uh, it's obviously very simple, but it's it's menacing, and I like that. It's it's art, um, and yeah, the the simple twitch action and the the fact it's not so over the top uh, as later games became. It was more simple and clean. I quite enjoy that. So that's one. Uh, another one is—it's sort of cheating, I guess, because it's not really a video game, but it is in arcades. Or Fichenko. <laughs> Close, not quite. <laughs> pinball. Um, I love pinball, and the Pachinko. reason I love pinball is I spent quite a bit of time playing pinball in the arcades when I was younger. Actually, when they still had the the machines there. My favorite pinball machine, uh, pinball game, is actually uh, the Mario Brothers one. That's Nintendo licensed out. And um, it's actually a really a clever one in that it does do the Mario aesthetic properly, and it's got pipes that you can shoot the ball down, and it's got lots of all the Mario sound effects. And especially as a kid, I just loved playing that one uh, a lot. It was also an easier pinball table than a lot of other ones because it was pitched at a younger age. So that was kind of, um, I guess, the pinball game that got me into pinball it's gateway drug. Yeah, exactly. And uh, unfortunately, I don't know if I'll ever be able to play it again, because uh, obviously, the the companies making the pinball video games now aren't going to be able to get the license for Mario (laughs) from Nintendo to remake that table. I guess I could get one of those digital pinball table things that have emulators of every pinball game ever made on it. I guess I could try that. But yeah, that one. And then my third one is. Hatsunimiku Arcade Edition. Haha. Because it's great. It's actually a really good arcade game. Um, and it's still around in Japan. And every time I go to an arcade, I, I spend a lot of money on it. Even though it is just uh, Project Eva Future Tone, but in an arcade cabinet. Um, I should have
1: said Just Dance, to
0: annoy Matt. <laughs> just dance in an arcade game is
1: it oh surely it's like in the same sort of situation you can whack just dance in anything <laughs> <laughs>
2: but i don't think it is <laughs> <an>
0: <laughs> i don't think it's actually in arcades and i'm telling you, Miku no. is actually in arcades and there's actually a really yeah. popular arcade game that was where miku started really and um yeah i don't think that those ta- uh, arcade machines ever made it outside of japan but if you ever find yourself in the country and Find yourself an arcade to play around with. Look for that one because it is a really good arcade title. And yeah, so because I think I think rhythm games actually work pretty well in arcades too.
1: Yes, I there think, is a Just Dance arcade game. Just Dance arcade.
0: It'll probably be for coupons, right? Uh, looks like it's based off 2015 or something. 2016. Yeah, I can't imagine that working. Yeah, just,
2: just play it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> DDR's alright. Um, actually, the one that I quite liked is Groove Coaster, is an yeah. arcade as well, and that's a pretty good arcade game. That one, um, it uses a yeah. It's different to a lot of other rhythm games, obviously, and uh, didn't think it would work as an arcade title, but it does. Oh, actually, another one I can't remember the name of it, but I enjoyed it. There was an arcade that we found. It, it's an older title now, I think, but. Um, it's like the the controller is like a keyboard and it's like you're playing a piano. Oh, yeah I think Konami made it. I can't remember the name of it. If anybody on the podcast is listening and does happen to know the name of that one, please do tell me because I would like to check, check it out. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'll get a chance to play that one again. But yeah, it was actually a keyboard. So you had to play the notes as the notes were scrolling down the screen. And it felt pretty good. So that's me, my three. And on that note, I think we'll give it a wrap this week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, as always. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and stuff. Do let us know your own favorite arcade games in the comments, wherever you listen to this. If you have memories of the arcade, we'd love to hear about them. Thanks, as always, for being on, Matt and Trent. And we'll finish up with some music from... (laughs) We use Space Invaders. No, um, we'll finish up with some music from... What did you choose, Matt? Pick a song, match from an arcade game that you played.
2: Um, I'll pick something from Ikaruga. Oh,
0: yeah, good point. That one. It's good music. It does. Better than the game.